the kinky torn torn. What is thy bidding, my master? This landing is gonna get pretty interesting. Define interesting. Oh god, oh god, we're all gonna die? Perhaps today is a good day to die. Someone ever tries to kill you, you try to kill him right back. Control, control, you must run control. We are controlling transmission. Captain, incoming message. Also, can kill you with my brain. Make it so. The kinky torn torn. This way smell that good. I want it. I thought they smelled bad. On the outside. Well, hey there, ladies and gentlemen. It's time for the kinky. Tauntaun. Uh, for those of you who, who are continuing to follow our exploits, our adventures, our misadventures, well, Jeffrey and I have decided to uh, branch off, kind of do a little bit of our own thing uh, under the Culture Dig banner, and uh, the Kinky Tauntaun, of course, is a reference to the greatest movie ever made, The Empire Strikes Back, <laughs> uh, in which the Tauntaun is the creature that Luke and Han uh roll around on on the ice planet hoth um we could talk about the inspiration for why he's the kinky don don later but we might just leave that one a mystery for now anyway okay uh jeffrey uh so you have some news for yes us, wait perhaps? what there's good news um, wait 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 what there's good news like that right wait what there's good news. <laughs> oh, okay. I, I mean, I need some inflection off that, man. Because like, there's usually not too what? much. There's usually not too much good news. So it's kind of like startling. Well, um, you're right. You're right. There's not. There's not. All right. Continue, sir. Uh, Democratic candidate Bernie Sanders recently declared his support for lifting federal constraints on pot. Um, Jeff, I have a question for you. Yeah. Do you think Bernie smokes? Well, his name is Bernie. Oh, <laughs> goddamn. Good point. <laughs> Shit. Sanders said, in my um, view, the time is long overdue for us to remove a federal prohibition on marijuana. All right. Well, um, I, I guess this is not exactly the arena that we, we have set for ourselves for these political conversations, but uh, <laughs> good for him. Okay. Do you think he means, uh, if anybody, do you think he means decriminalize or make it legal? Um, I I think it's I think in past interview, well, even recently, I think he was referring to decriminalization. Uh, whereas, uh, it should have come off the books federally. I mean, that's I think what I've read about his stance. Well, decriminalization would be a damn good start, but um, to take yeah, money away from it, the yeah, cartels. I mean, I, I'm willing to wager that he is for full fledged legalization. And you know what? Because he's a democratic socialist, I'm also willing to wager he would like to tax it. Yes, he's gonna Bernie up the Bernie, and it's almost like that's a really good idea. You know, like taxing a substance that thinks that you know, like people don't need but just want to raise money for things that we actually do need, like cigarettes. Like, what is that called? Uh, excise tax. Oh uh, yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, but like it, it almost seems like uh, oh, I, I'm, it's called a good idea. Sorry, yeah, I was yeah. confused there for a second. <laughs> um, anyways, same goes for like prostitution or something, right? Yes. We, are we there? Why? Why is it that no pol- politicians want to talk about that? <laughs> they don't want people looking into their own personal lives with prostitutes. Oh uh, yeah, no, no, Elliot Spitzer's there. <laughs> <laughs> The second story, did you hear about the hacktivists, Anonymous? Uh, no. They began publishing the personal details of members of the Ku Klux Klan. As oh, my God. Yeah, you know, I did. I did. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I did read about this. Uh, anonymous hackers have so far published four separate listings on text sharing websites, uh, including 57 phone numbers and 23 email addresses. Wow. That's going to be hell. Uh, isn't one of... <laughs> What, did I read it correctly that one of them, they actually got uh, con- some congressmen? Um, I saw a story where that was made up, but they're probably okay. They're, so that was that was a hoax. But uh, I wouldn't doubt it when the real list you... continues to come out. <laughs> you, you come to you, you, they uh, publish a list of like the grand dragons. You have Donald Trump at the top or something. That's <laughs> partly what I'm expecting. <laughs> um, let me oh, see. Well. Anonymous has vowed to reveal the full identities of 1,000 members of the KKK uh, November 5th. So it's sometime today. Remember, remember the 5th of, the 5th of November. So, there, yeah, that's that's what Anonymous does. Uh, Guy Fox is the symbol, so that makes sense. Uh, cool. All right. Well, I'm interested to see how that pans out. All right, man. What's next? Any more good news? Um, you missing John Stewart yet? Uh I have a confession. Mm. I've probably watched more John Oliver episodes already than I ever watched of The Daily Show, <laughs> and that probably makes me a bad liberal or whatever. <laughs> but uh, I, you know, I, I I get up early in the morning, and uh, I'm required to, you know, like think early, and so staying up late was just just not going to happen very often. You know what I mean? I but like I, I watch some of it for sure. I like John Oliver a lot too. So, but. HBO announced Tuesday that John Stewart is signed on to produce short-form digital content. Stewart has uh, was tight-lipped about the deal with HBO, saying in a statement, "Appearing on television 22 minutes a night clearly broke me. I'm pretty sure I can produce a few minutes of content every now and again." Yeah, and he's gonna be able to do what he wants, and uh, probably no limitations whatsoever. So I think that's good. Yeah, and uh, if it turns out, and if it turns out anything like uh, John Oliver, then. We are certainly in for a treat and probably something better than what even came before. I'd awesome. Lo- I'd right. love to see John Stewart appear as a correspondent on Last Week Tonight. I think that'd be kind of funny. Ooh. The whole snake eating its uh, you tail. Almost, you almost think you almost think it's going to happen. It's It's got to happen, right? <laughs> At least once or twice. Come on. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. All right, man. Anything else? Um, No, that's the end of the good news, um, except uh, oh. HBO will also have first dibs on any television or film project Stuart, Stuart embarks on, so... They got Sweet. him locked All right. in. Awesome. And now to some nerdy shit, right? It's time for the apocalyptic post. Woo! Hot damn! Jeffrey, that that just 
that really gets me excited. <laughs> it gets me excited for the apocalypse. Uh, did you notice the goats? <laughs> um, yes. <laughs> I just thought that was a little uh, little humorous thing I added to to the opening. Oh uh, yeah, and of course, Shaun of the Dead. Of course, of and course. I used uh, I used the scene of uh, of the zombies when they were surrounding um, um, Glenn and what's his nut? Oh my kill God! Segway. Jeffrey. Spoilers! <laughs> or not. Maybe. We don't know. All right. Well, uh, first of all, let, let's let's get this on. You know, the Kinky Tauntaun, uh, first and foremost, we're here to entertain everyone. And uh, being our realm and expertise, guys, uh, <laughs> it's nerdy shit. Uh, you, you probably notice if you, you've been with us since the beginning. And... Uh, we like to we like to talk nerdy, nerdy shit. Mm-hmm. So Kiki Tauntaun's gonna be all about it. Uh, we're gonna start off this episode, the initial inaugural Kinky Tauntaun, with some talk about The Walking Dead. But first, we have to start with the uh, summer series, Fear the Walking Dead. The new kid on the block. Um, right. So, where where shall we begin with this, Jeffrey? Fear the Walking Dead. It was six episodes, was it not? Yeah, I think so. Same same as the first. Uh, season of the flagship show, The Walking Dead. Yeah, I didn't realize and, it was uh, so short when I first watched the first season. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, okay. Uh, let's let's go ahead and start with uh, an initial because this is something that's been going on since midsummer and it ended at the end of September, if I remember correctly. Um, how, how you how do you feel about it, man? Like uh, the beginning. Let's talk about the beginning of the outbreak because this is something we did not get with Rick Grimes. Uh, being you know the central character of The Walking Dead, yeah. he was basically comatose yep. uh, throughout the outbreak. And this is something Kirkman had never e- explored in the comic books either, is how this outbreak happened. And you know, I was reading some interviews with uh, the actress who plays the zombie in the first episode, who's uh, sitting there chomping on some guy. Oh, the little while, the little uh, girl, or the or yeah the. Or fear the walking. Uh, I I want I want to call her the attractive zombie, but that's oh Gloria. Weird. I think her name was yeah right right right. She um, was pretty hot for a dead woman. Some <laughs> people might think you are an necrophiliac, Jeffrey. So <laughs> well, they, uh, I'm trying I'm trying to not cross that line. Like, can we call a zombie hot? Well, can we? Well, as long as they're moving uh, around, as long as they're moving around a bit. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Uh, unfortunately, you know, like I said, I think I've said it before. It's like I've seen every zombie movie that ever gets made. I swear, as far as if it's been released uh, widely or not so widely. And uh, I did. There's there's a British movie, and where uh, some a group of survivors have chained up a bunch of female zombies uh, as as a little sex den. It, it was pretty disturbing. Uh, yeah, but anyway, uh, I, I will say this: those zombies weren't as attractive as this first zombie that we've witnessed. And uh, I don't think that this is typhoid Mary zombie. I think the idea behind this is that whatever happens to the earth uh, that, ha- you know, like people have all been, I guess, infected mm-hmm. with the zombie virus, what makes a zombie virus, whatever happened, the, his, this is little Tom Riddle's friend, uh, the actor is Th- Tom Delane. Uh, do, do you know Tom Delane? Tom, little Tom Riddle, Frank Delane. Sorry. Uh, first of all, do we know who, who his father is? Um, Nick, uh, wait, who? Nicholas? Oh, well, yeah, Nick, Nick's, da- Nick's, Real life father, the actor Frank Delane, the, the guy who plays Nick, mm-hmm. his act, his father is Stannis Baratheon. Oh, really? 
I really, indeed, I actually sort of discovered that by accident one day uh, when I was looking, you know, when they first cast him. I'm like, holy shit, how about that? So he's British? Anyway, uh, yes, yes, okay. he is. I think he has some North African ancestry as well, which is why I think he has a, a darker skin tone. Yeah, I, I noticed his that. Father, because his father is pasty. Well, here's one you thing. Know, whatever. One thing we should mention in The Walking Dead is they, it, it's supposedly an alternate world where they had no history of zombies, you know, no folklore. Correct. Then, yeah, that, that's one thing Kirkman has been very resolute. It's like no one is allowed to talk about, you know, say the word zombies. There have been no mention of anything like this in uh, the mythology of this alternate reality. Uh, so that's why they're, you know, they're called walkers or biters or I forget what else. Rot, they're called rotters in one episode of The Walking Dead. Uh, which anyway, is why they're so at back such to a, story here. Which is why they're at such Say a disadvantage what? at the beginning. Yeah, okay. right, right, right. But uh, we'll talk about that in okay. a moment. I, I've got, I've got uh, an axe to grind. Okay. And, uh, it's been sharpening now for a few months. Actually, it's been dulling now for a few, <laughs> for a few months. Uh, so, you know, once the real show came, I'm like, oh, shit, I, yeah, whatever. Uh, anyway, so the, you know, the, we're we're introduced to this. Uh, zombie virus to this this girl uh who dies from apparent apparent overdose that's what i'm guessing she yeah yeah she rises and she's just the first one that we get to see on screen and she's chomping on the guy and then we had you know that was the teaser for this fear the walking dead show for a while was frank delane running away from that church uh at you know hightailing with with his pants falling down until he gets hit by the car (laughs) um anyway so that's where that happens and how the uh, you know, we're not going to get too far into the story details because, you know, so maybe some people haven't watched it. It's worth watching. I, I did enjoy it. What, what was your general uh, takeaway from it? Um, I, I enjoyed it. It was, like I said, definitely worth a watch. It's a, so far, it's a pale companion to the original, but uh, it's definitely, definitely has a different feel. Um, favorite character so far? Um, it probably either has to be uh, Nicholas or... Hold on a second. How do you like Nicholas? Huh? He's a little twat. How do you like Nick? But he's, he's a twat. But he's he's like the only person that was prepared for this world. It's kind of an, uh, I yeah, like him as a character. Was, I, I wouldn't be like, that, hey, let's hang one out. Of the, uh, yeah, I actually liked how he said something like that in the very last episode of the season. And I'm not giving away anything here, but he does say, I mean, he's the one who's basically the only one dealing with shit. Uh, which is interesting because he spent the last several years of his life not dealing with shit, and that's basically the conclusion he comes to. Is like now everybody's even. We're all fucked, you know. Yeah, he's like, oh, whatever. Uh, so I definitely appreciate that. <laughs> and like, I, I want Nick to be a kick-ass character, yeah. but he, you know, I, you know that, that's the development. He's going to start as a shithead and, and hopefully make his way into something worthwhile uh, and not the opposite. You know what I mean? Uh, I did like his sister. I, I liked the, the sister's character, Alicia. She, she seemed pretty cool, and um, she has really nice I, legs. Oh my god! I, you know that's funny. You you mentioned that because I'm a leg man, and I did not notice that. So I'm, I'm going to have to go rewatch. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know, right? She's pretty overall. Anyway, um, yeah. As far as the act, I I, I really like the actors. Uh, some people thought that uh, Frank Delaney was a you know scene chewer. I, I don't really buy that. I think he was playing a a heroin addict pretty well. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if anybody's had much exposure to heroin addicts. Um, I've known addicts, but not not necessarily the heroin. But uh, he 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 knows he's probably been around a few too, uh, in real life, and has been able to translate some of that to the character. And I think that actually comes across. Oh, anyway, as far as Kim Kim Dickens, I've actually been a, a fan of Kim Dickens since '97 uh, when she was in Alfonso Cuarón's uh, Great Expectations. So I've actually followed her career for a while. She hasn't really been in a whole lot of substantial 
roles, but she, you know, she was in Lost for you know a few episodes, uh, really? a few other movies here and there. She was in, uh, oh geez, what's the Gillian Flynn novel? Is she British too? Out about. No, no, no. She's she's American. Oh, okay. Uh, no, no relation to Charles Dickens. I know we're all disappointed. Uh, well, actually, she might be. Who knows? Uh, I didn't look that up. Well, is she but, your favorite uh, character though? I think I think I know who is. No, actually, she's not Tobias's. Yes. Like, <laughs> to, like if Tobias if Tobias does not come back next season, fuck this show. I'm <laughs> done. Like he's the one guy who's like raiding the school, stealing big ass cans of beans he's the one who was carrying a knife because he was basically his only weapon uh and he's the only one who's able to deal with this shit when it officially comes on you know what i mean yeah so like i his character was was funny he was endearing uh he's actually the to me he actually seemed the most genuine out of all of these and i like kim dickens as an actress and i like the guy who's playing travis he's uh he's uh oh shit what's his name He's a Maori guy, but he has a, a regular. Oh, is that way? I was wondering um, what his background was. Yeah, yeah, he's Maori. Um, Cliff, shit. What's his last? Uh, well, whatever. <laughs> this is what happens. Akumate, um, anyway, akumate. like I, I like their. Are you, are you doing the all blacks dance or thing? Is that what you're doing over there? Um, I was using all blacks. Yeah, the yeah the ah oh shit I can't remember what it's called the yeah the thing I know was. right remembering things is hard sometimes. <laughs> anyway, no like say I like them as actors, but I swear their characters are fucking tools. All right, <laughs> yeah they're kind um, of assholes. They're kind of very are, yeah, oh my god, they're they're infuriatingly dipshits <laughs> uh, because you have uh, you know what okay it, it's hard to divorce yourself. From what we have, you know, what we've known since the first zombie movies we've ever watched, or whatever. But I'm pretty sure if I had never heard of anything that was like a zombie or whatever, and something like this started to happen, like it wouldn't matter what it was. If weird shit started to go down, I would probably I would suspend disbelief for a lot. I would. I think I think most people would. And some of the things that these characters do are 100 percent un fucking believable their motivations i'm not buying it i thought the first like the first three or four three episodes were they were poorly written uh the the character's motivations were not clear why you know madison went to the the high school this is where where she caught tobias stealing the beans and whatnot yeah um to find i I guess some sort of painkillers for her son was it demerol withdrawal symptoms was it demerol Oh, I don't, uh, something, something like that. I don't know what kind of school campuses carry the heavy duty shit, but whatever. <laughs> um, you know, no, no, it's whatever. I mean, I don't, I don't know. Um, but her, her motivations for like, why? I mean, it seems reasonable she would go there, but when she's there, she meets the, you know, the principal who's an obvious zombie and she doesn't treat it like the same because, cause you know, the episode before, um, is when they confront Nick's drug dealer and he, oh, yeah. you know, he, the drug dealer like basically almost bit her face off. Uh, she was actually the, the closest to getting bitten in the first, you know, the first bit of the uh, episode or whatever. And the fact that she, she like, she doesn't learn from no. that encounter. No. And it's like, that's just counterintuitive. You wouldn't, you wouldn't do the same things. You wouldn't react the same way having just fucking experienced that. So I was, I was not pleased with this. Well, it's like people, Um, people the the last several episodes I liked, um, I absolutely adored the, uh, I I like it when they, these shows introduce these seemingly benign or even benevolent characters like they did with, um, 
oh shit, Dan, was it Daniel Salazar? Um, you know, the, sort of he's the patriarch who has the barbershop or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, like, I, I like the fact that that was slowly revealed that he has his own history and it's pretty fucked up. Oh, it's kind of creepy, yeah. So you have a Salazar who, you know, he seems like, okay, he, he relents because of his wife to let these guys in. Uh, when the riot is going on, and that's that's something else that seemed counterintuitive to me. Like I realize, Los Angeles, there are parts of Los Angeles that are absolute shitholes. Yeah, but um, you know, not not everyone there is a monster, and uh, sort of that the whole scenario with that just seemed really odd to me. Well, the whole anyway. idea that they would just be like rioting and looting while. Everyone's yeah. somebody runs around eating somebody else. They would be like, yeah, and that's that's the other thing. You have that one little scene where the zombie sort of peers back into them at the window, but you know, it's before they know it's a zombie. Yeah, um, like I thought that was just like that zombie would going like you know, and it, it was not zombie behavior, even though they were trying to make us think it was. So I was like, eh, this is I'm, I'm iffy about that. But anyway, I like the character. Uh, I like that he has uh, you know this different background than what we were ever expecting from him, and uh, I'm interested to see where that goes for sure. Um, I don't know, man. What else are you thinking? Um, he's a pretty bad guy. Um, they are. He is kind of right about you know the nice people dying first, but uh, <laughs> you, you don't have to go <laughs> to as, a certain degree. Yeah, you don't have to go as dark as Daniel did. Uh, he went really, right, 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 super dark. And it, All right, so it's part of his past. Uh, let, let's go ahead and move toward, towards the end of the seats. Like I said, I don't want to give a whole lot away, but I do want to talk about some of these characters and some of the writing and some of the beefs that I have so far with it. Like I said, I like it. It's worth it. Uh, it's not just because I'm a fan of the Zomb, uh, but I think there are several worthwhile and redeeming qualities about it. But anyway, one of the characters I actually like didn't come in until, what, the last episode? Victor? Which one's Victor? Victor is the gentleman who is locked in the uh, cage oh, with Nick. Yes. Uh, and you think, you, like, I, my immediate uh, assessment of his character is like, oh, he's a fucking used car salesman. Because that's the way he comes across. Yeah. Uh, he just seems that he's swar- he's swarthy, he's shifty, uh, he's making deals. And you come to find out that, like, he, he is watching out for himself, but I think his character is much deeper than that. You think he's a uh, grifter? I'm hoping his character. You think he's a grifter or a uh, man? No, I don't think he is just because of where he lives and what he owns. Uh, maybe, like, honestly, I think he, he's legitimate. Maybe at one point in time he was a grifter. Yeah. Uh, but I think the fortune he has is because of probably, you know, like investments and legitimate means. Um, anyway, like, I'm, I'm really curious to see what happens to him because he seems so goddamn savvy, uh, about things. And, uh, I could see something cool happening with him. But I, well, on the, you know, on, on the converse there, I can actually see him becoming some sort of villain as well. I was going to say, I wouldn't, I, I don't I like trust that. him at all. <laughs> well, yeah. So, like, he, he can go, like, oh, this could be a kick ass awesome dude, or he can be the guy that fucks everybody. So we'll, we'll see with that. Uh, anything else we want to talk about about the actual, uh, season? It's just they're all very, very immoral, not immoral, amoral type amoral, people. Yeah. It's like uh, when they, when first of all, when the troops leave, um, and, and they don't tell anybody, they just fucking leave. It's like, yeah. you might want to get the hell out of here, and then they just leave. No, no, no there's, there's like, fuck. okay, the same that thing actually with brings the, up with the family. They just, they just leave without telling their neighbors. <laughs> yeah, hold on a second. Anyways. We were talking about the, uh, the, the, they just left. The army guy is just fucking leaving. And then the uh, family yeah, they had that command. Leaving. The family just, yeah, left. they had the commander just, he, he was an asshole. And there was like, fuck that guy. I'm going to go see how my, you know, my family's doing in San Diego. Um, anyway, okay. Jeff. Yes. I have a very serious logistical beef 
with this show as you would and it's 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 bothered me since i mean like you know you didn't know how it was going to go down in you know, the first few episodes you know i thought the first few episodes were the, were the week the weakest of them um how many people live in the greater los angeles area apparently only enough people to fill a stadium uh, okay. Well, let's talk about that. Um, I looked it up. Uh, according to uh, the most recent census, it's about 13.8 million human beings. Holy shit. And you know what that means? That's 13.8 million zombies. All right? So let, let's let's do some math. Let's say that the army did take care of some, you know, they killed several, you know, percentage-wise. I mean, how many, if the army is present taking down this, you know, this imminent threat, what percentage of this imminent threat would they have taken down? Well, just think about the amount of ordnance and ammunition it would take for that to bring down that for many 13, people. For 13.8 million. I mean, maybe uh, if it was the know, only city infected, it would be doable, but it's not. Uh, it's not. <laughs> uh, and, you know, it's in the suburbs. It's all around because, you know, Los Angeles is a, a megalopolis, and there's all sorts of other you know towns around as well. Um, anyway, 13.8 million. And the only, the singular hint that we get of a shit ton of zombies is locked into, like, the Staples Center in Los Angeles, you know, like, where the, the Lakers play. And to my knowledge, that stadium, or that, it's not even a stadium, really, because it would be larger, but that facility only holds, like, what, 40,000 people? That's a drop in the and bucket. That's, yeah, so, like, 40,000, 13.8 million even if they, the army was able to somehow miraculously kill off twenty percent of those who were infected, um, and let's say that you know certainly a certain percentage would be dead permanently because the the zombies ate too much or you yeah know, whatever yeah that's what I was thinking. Um, we're you know let's say the the best case scenarios we're looking at still fifty percent, uh, and that puts us at you know roughly seven million, and that's still a. Sh- Holy hell ton of zombies, yeah. and we don't really see any in a group until the last episode. And even then, it didn't seem like a whole lot. It might have seen like a couple hundred or whatever, but uh, not seven million. Are you thinking and of course they're not they're not all gonna be in the same place at the same time, I realize, but uh they're gonna be a, they're gonna be around a lot sooner than they were. And so that that was my beef with the show from the get-go. It's just the numbers were not adding up. And I realize there are budgetary concerns, but fuck, man, do, do something. You're, you know, these people are writers. You could, you know, there are all sorts of things that could, like, you know, the, the army set up large barricades to block off part of, the, you know, like real live physical barrier. Or they, they blew shit up so yeah. things couldn't get across. Do you like think- that, like any sort of explanation as to why their neighborhood was, remained relatively untouched. Because even when they were going to the fences, you know, when uh, um, Cliff was going to the uh, the fences to talk to the army guys, like, there are no zombies around. Like, they're not coming down the hill, up a hill. They're they're looking, you know, they're going out at night to, like, watch with their binoculars. And that's when they saw the uh, that one house that has the uh, the flash or whatever. Yeah, uh, who do you think that is, by the way? I think it's some kind of gunfire, like, place where they're executing people. All right, I'm, I'm still holding out. I'm holding out hope that's that's Tobias. Okay. Oh. And he's still sitting. I'm holding out hope that he's just sitting there with a gun that he found and a can of beans. Okay. <laughs> a gun he um, made out of a can of beans. The gun he made out of the can of beans. Right. Right. <laughs> um. Maybe he's just using the the beans to fuel his ass and just lighting zombies <laughs> on fire with a methane powered gun. 
Yeah, <laughs> now we're talking. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> All right, man, we got this. We got this. <laughs> All right. Um. Anyway, so that that's Fear the Walking Dead. Uh, Wait, hold on. Like I said, do you what? do you think they do you think it was just poor writing, or do you think there's an they're gonna have some kind of explanation as to where they're all the zombies are kind of trapped somehow in some feature. No, no, I don't. I, that's the thing. The problem is, I really don't think at this point in the story they can make up for it. Um, I mean, obviously they can they can make up whatever the fuck they want because they're writing the show, but they're going to be coming at this point in the storyline. The zombies are going to be coming from all sides, and like I said, Los Angeles area is, is a megalopolis with uh, fourteen million people plus. Uh, the their the numbers are are just overwhelming. They're staggering, and I think Hollywood has this mentality of uh, you know, like Los Angeles is sort of the capital of the universe kind of thing, and that, you know, like and to some New York. degree, that in New York, yeah, right, 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 and you, you get a few things in between, but um, there's there's such a masturbatory love for that city that the you know I, I realize that's where the film production crews and people live and that's where the companies are and where they're based. And even Kirkman lives there now, I think, but it's like Los Angeles would be smoked. They would be fucked in so many ways. Like at least sit at like North of the city where you can actually see them like making it somewhere. Uh, but no, Kirkman actually says this entire series is supposed to be set in an urban setting. And like, oh, I so like the never idea gonna, of that. I just, they're never going to get out of there. Right. Well, you think about the first season of Walking Dead when Rick meets the the people taking care of the nursing home guys. I mean, like you can do it. You could actually probably do pretty fucking well with it. But that's we're that's the only setting that we're gonna get. Um, I just don't think Los Angeles was was the correct choice for that. Even San Diego to me would have made more sense, uh, especially with the military presence there. But like I said. Uh, Los Angeles, man, the, the the Hollywood mentality. They just like to jerk each other off. And- <laughs> Do you remember, um, you know, what happened to a lot of the zombies in the in the book series Rotten Rune? Yeah, right, right, right. When they were like the they bombed the cities with nukes, yeah. and uh, the zombies were irradiated. And <laughs> once they started coming near you, it didn't matter if they bit you; their radiation would fuck you over eventually. But I bet you they killed a lot of them, though. Um. Oh, yeah, the nukes. Yeah. Yeah. Like I. And you know, you know, Los Angeles would be one of the places they'd fucking nuke. You know what I mean? Like, if there were any sort of military left in, at all, they'd be like, "Fuck Los Angeles." There's too many people there. Well, the Republicans, those would, guys out. The Republicans would just want to do it on principle. Oh yeah, right, right. It's like, oh, look at all those Democratic voters. Fuck those guys. <laughs> oh yeah. Right. San Diego, on the other hand, typically votes Republican. So there we go. <laughs> they're, they're making the case for San Diego. Anyway, done. Um, done with the wa- fear of the Walking Dead, and on to the. Well, I, well, I, I, I am going to say this about it. It's not the only series that takes place in Los Angeles. Did you listen to the uh, dramatized podcast "We're Alive"? No, I think I've heard of it though. Okay, well, it's it, it's a basically a radio drama about a zombie outbreak in Los Angeles, um, and they've chosen Los Angeles for. I guess the same reason. That was on one of your lists, right? One of your list man. Yeah, yeah. We're alive. Right, right, right. Um, and, you know, it's enjoyable. I liked it. It's just like, dude, you do realize that just numerically, the numbers for anybody surviving this within the city for any amount of time are next to nothing. Yes. And, you know, maybe that's what's going to make this a compelling show eventually, but it just, it's, it's casting a wide net of doubt for me personally. Uh, but you know what? It's all about the characters. So I'm going to, I'm, I'll stick it for But so far I haven't found the characters that likable. <laughs> that what? I haven't found the characters that likable though. 
Oh, yeah, except for Tobias? Yeah, of course, but you never know if he'll ever be in it again, though. That's the problem. Oh, uh, that's true. That's true. And, of course, uh, one of the tie-ins, uh, if you've been watching Walking Dead, uh, one of the tie-ins is they, they're doing a, an in-between-the-commercials sort of show um, where they're on an airplane, um, you know, Flight of the Living Dead kind of thing, and... The, the zombie outbreak happens. Have you been catching those in between the commercials no, or whatever? No, for the I new season of Walking Dead. I, I, yeah, what 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 they've said, what Kirkman has said, and the showrunner for Fear the Walking Dead is that uh, th- one of the characters from that that plane, because it's headed towards Los Angeles, is going to survive and make it to the survivors of the show. You know, the Fear the Walking Dead people. Um, so I'm curious to see, you know, like we don't have any character development yet other than there's a kid freaking out and a woman next to him who's also sort of looking around quizzically and wondering what the fuck is up. And they're all, you know, they're getting like text messages from family before they took off that shit's going down and somebody, and somebody is sick on the plane. Um, that's kind of like where it was left this past Sunday was uh, the sick guy locked himself in the, the, the lav. I'll have to see if and, I can find that somewhere. Yeah, yeah, I'd actually like to see it. I mean, it's only supposed to be like 30 minutes long in, in some total, uh, so it's not even a half episode of Walking Dead, but it's telling this other story, and we're going to see one of these characters uh, show up, and eh, we'll see. Reminds me of the first anyway, episode of The Strain. Yeah, 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 yeah. The first episode, yeah. That, that'll have to be a conversation for another day. Anyway, The Walking Dead. Uh, so we had the season premiere uh, October 10th, wasn't it? So almost exactly a month ago, and we are four episodes in, are we not? And they are still dragging their heels on so many plot lines. All right, what, what do you mean? You, you, you must explain yourself. Well, it's like, it's obviously that the huge horde that they're trying to lead away um, is yeah. heading towards Alexandria and has been since the first episode, and we are what, six episodes in now? Oh, I got, yeah, yeah. No, no, it's only, it's only four episodes oh, so far, like I think. Four? I think I think the Morgan episode was number four. Okay. Um, and it, I mean it might be five, but no, it came on October tenth, so I think we're only at number four. But always it's like anyway, okay, we're gonna find out this week. No, we're not. You know what? <laughs> Actually, I, I'm going to I'm going to part ways with you there. I posit I put forth, sir, that the way this season of Walking Dead has been written and directed and produced and whatnot is actually the best the show has ever been. I think the writing has been fucking brilliant, smart. Uh, even this last episode, which didn't have anything to do with the actual linear story, you know, the set in the present or whatever, it all pretty much took took place in the past. Um, it was a damn good episode, and you know, like I knew it was pointless, but I like Lenny James as an actor. I have since you know Snatch yeah. back in the day. Yeah, that's a good movie. <laughs> yeah, it's a damn it's a damn good movie. You know, you know, it's like it's, it's hard to imagine that as being the same character, but it is. I same, tried the same to, actor, but it is. I tried to watch Snatch with my wife, and I ended up like having to. Uh, translate half of it for <laughs> well it's, you're, you're translating for her while everybody else is translating pikey yeah uh anyway um right so like i i actually like okay i realize their shit that's going down they haven't i'm not got, i'm not saying they haven't got to the end of that yet i'm not saying uh, that but they, the way, they, i'm not saying the episodes haven't been excellent i'm saying they're they're oh, doing it on purpose so, they're like teasing the hell right. out of you it's it's such it, but that's the thing like you know, compare it to Fear the Walking Dead. Like the shit that's going on in The Walking Dead is like that episode where they're doing the flashbacks in black and white, and they're doing the stuff in the present and color. Like I loved it. I yeah, mean, it was, was it necessary? I, probably not. They didn't need to do the 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 contrast and the color. But you know what? I liked it. I thought it was cool. I thought it was clever. Um, I wish more shows would pay attention to the details 
like this show is doing this season. This is something that they haven't actually done in the past. Uh, so I think Gimple's, Gimple, Scott Gimple, the showrunner for Walking Dead, is doing a damn good job. Uh, he's, I think he's written a couple of these episodes, too, um, including, I think, the last episode with uh, the Morgan episode. Anyway, so uh, anything else? Like, what? what's your impression so far, other than the fact that this is sort of slow in developing? Where, where do we think we are with our characters? Uh, Rick, right now, he's stuck in an RV and a horde of zombies coming towards Alexandria. What, what, how do you think, how the fuck do, is Rick going to get out of that? Um, window? <laughs> because the door is on uh, the side of the zombies that are coming out of the forest, so he's going to have to figure out... I know you probably didn't mean it so literal, but he's going to have to figure out... First and first, he's going to have to figure out how to get um, out of the RV. Well, uh, I think he's going to end up... Those bodies that are in the, the RV, the, the guys, the wolves that he killed, uh, I think he's going to end up having to uh, gut him, like put the guts on himself. Yeah, but they're they're fresh. Out. They're fresh. The yeah, like, like that's like the that. problem. Like what? But what? Else, but what else could he possibly do? Even if he were to like magically get that RV started, he's not going anywhere. There are too many of them around to move that thing. I mean, there's not enough horsepower uh, and uh, uh, big wheeler to move past those things. You know what I mean? Well, he needs to get out. Like the last shot, it was like, okay, if you get out now, where they're still kind of thinned out and ha- haven't reached you very much, you have a chance to book he, it. He might be able to run, but but don't sit there I mean, and have he a could, pity party. Yeah, he could like squeeze on, like go out the 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 vent that because things have vents on the top. Yes, yeah, so squeeze out the too. vent, and he can kind of just wait himself out um, on the top. Uh, like that, that's the only other way I could see him getting out. Maybe you could throw them um, one of the dead bodies and book it. Uh, that's true like, too. Here, I mean, this. it's a fresh kill. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. Like, I guess that that's a possibility. Uh, so, all right, so um, Alex, let's let's go back to Alexandria. How are we feeling about those guys? Um, it seems it seems like everybody that was originally there, uh, they're slowly getting replaced by the Rick crew. Uh, you, you have you know like the the episode where uh, Glenn. Uh, and I'm going to go with it. I think we're past spoilers at this point because it's been all over the fucking internet. Yeah. It's one of been the most talked about points in pop culture in the last month. he's not really dead. He's not really dead. Uh, right. We'll, <laughs> we'll talk about that in a moment. But, uh, yeah, we're, we're definitely replacing the uh, Alexandria people with the Rick people. And, you know, you have to do it from a, sto- a storytelling uh, standpoint because they're just too many damn characters. Um, and if you look at that, that, that thing I sent you with all the pictures and color coding, you notice that they – Maybe one group, maybe one person out of each group they meet will survive, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> they just, well, yeah, as right, soon right. as they show up, shit goes wrong. Right, right. And, you know, I like Aaron's character. He's solid. Um, and uh, I, I like the actor who's playing Heath, like how he looks just like the Heath from the comic book. That was pretty good. And he actually is a good actor. I was, I was I'm like, oh, they found somebody who looked just like the comic book guy. Uh, but I bet he can't act. No, he actually doing a good job. Uh, so hopefully he'll be around for a little bit. Um other ones, I'm like, I'm looking through your color coding right now. They're they're mostly dead. Yeah, you have. I was disappointed that um, Annie died. I thought she was kind of hot. Oh my god. Um. Well, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> oh god. So we have Tobin. All right. All right. So the uh, the green. What's the green mean in this color coding? Uh, green means alive. I think blue means unknown. Unknown. Okay. Uh, red is dead i can't remember what the gray means red, yeah red red is dead because i'm sitting here looking at nick and nick is definitely um bullet through the brain dead oh yeah okay okay green okay. is alive red is dead gray is undead and blue is unknown 
Okay. Uh, so, yeah, D- Diana and her son are still around. Of course, her husband was killed at the end of the, the season finale of the last one. Yeah. Um, then we have Jesse, who is apparently Rick's love interest. Um, where do we think this is the last of the wolves? I mean, they seem like they were just sort of this fringe group who prey on people and what they can take from them. Um, are they done? Is this it? Is this the last we'll see of the wolves? Uh, well, with that last scene with uh, that uh, one creepy guy who needs a dentist and uh, and Morgan. That, yeah, you're right, right, right. That leads me to believe that, no, we have definitely not seen The Last of the Wolves. Uh, okay. Um, I, I'm going to... Do we think that they... Um, you don't read the comics, correct? But I remember you saying something that they're based on... Um, what was that group called? The Saviors? Oh, well, like that's the thing. Like, Are they, in fact, based on the Saviors? Or are the, the survivors of the wolves going to be incorporated into the Saviors? That's actually where I'm leading towards right now. Uh, for those of you who aren't in the know... In the comics, there's a group coming soon, I'm sure, because I've heard about rumors of the casting of the, the leader of the Saviors, whose name is Negan. Um, so I, I, my guess is that the wolves are done, and they're going to be incorporated and absorbed into this other predatory group called the Saviors. Um, <laughs> I, just The reason why I think that is because the wolves don't seem to be very well led, whereas the Saviors, as depicted in the comic books, were definitely pretty damn well led. Uh, Negan is a... Is a Sick motherfucker, but uh, he was a bit of a criminal mastermind. So uh, I, I don't think that so far is what's going on with them. Well, the wolves anyway, just, just seem like you know Viking raiders. That's about right, it. Right, right, right. Like it wasn't really very well thought out or coordinated. Uh, it seemed actually sort of harebrained from the get go. Like you knew shit. Like, it, it couldn't have ended well for them. Even if Alexandria were a bunch of pussies, they still had a bunch of guns. Yeah, uh, and guns, guns plus pe- assholes with axes. The guns are still going to win. <laughs> Ask Indiana Jones. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Do you know the story behind that? Yeah, 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 yeah. The, 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 the swordman would like practice for like days and months and you know for for the scene with Harrison Ford. He's like Indiana Jones would just shoot this guy. Well, it's because he was. Yeah, uh, Harrison right. Ford was sick that day. Oh, is that what it was? Okay, okay. He's, He's like, I, 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 I can't do this, so let's just shoot him. And it turns out <laughs> being one of the most iconic, you know, moments. In it film. is like that's the most iconic <laughs> scene in that movie, besides the uh, dude getting his head chopped off and the uh, propeller blade. <laughs> I think that for me as a young a youngin watching that movie, that was the most. But yeah, I can see why uh, the other one definitely's up there. All right, man. Um, what else can we say about Walking Dead? Where, do, where what do we think about Glenn? Let's, let's I was close. Say, we have to talk about Glenn. Glenn. We have to. All right. So um, the overwhelming okay, I do have a beef with this scene. Uh, the because, theories. No, it's not even. I have a beef with the theories. I have a beef with the fucking scene because if you look at they're 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 cornered in this alley. They have you know the fence, the roof, and they have a fence on the left side, and then of course the building on the right. They could a shoot the door, go into the building, you know, shoot the, the handle off the door or whatever, try to get into the building because there still pe- appears to be enough time. Uh, they could try to blockade the door on the other side, um, and or they could just run the fuck out and try to look for another exit where the you know that horde isn't going to get to them. Or um, the fence they tried to the fence looks high enough that they could have actually climbed onto the fence and gotten and onto the roof. To the roof. Yeah. Okay, that's my next option. Or if you're looking at that scene to the left, I realize. There's still a hedge there that goes pretty high, but you know what's not on the other side of the zombie to the other said my answer here. The other side of the fence to the left, there aren't zombies over there. So if you don't go straight ahead and climb over the fence, you know what? I'd rather get a bunch of branches up my ass 
and climb the fence and jump into the hedge than have to put up with the, the horde of zombies coming after me. Oh yeah. Um. So I or or even this, I realize dumpsters aren't exactly light, but I think they could have pushed that dumpster uh, over to the building or over to the other side of the fence. And <laughs> I just imagine up somehow. I just imagine that they 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 tip the dumpster over and they get in it and they like do like <laughs> like they just walk it bit by bit. Yeah, upside yeah. down dumpster walk. <laughs> oh, that, yeah, yeah that, like that's, that's the old Scooby and Shaggy right there. Yes, like that, yes. that could have been brilliant, man. <laughs> that that could have made for some compelling fucking TV. But dun, we do have to talk dun, about now. The the wiki I looked at that have these this list from uh, pictures. Yeah, uh, Glenn's red in the picture, so red means dead. So the, oh, so fuck, that's not that's not definitive. I know, also they definitely his, think he's dead though. They took his, well, I think he's dead as well, uh, just because of the symmetry in which the uh, episode was written, and um, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and throw this out here. He's also dead in the comic books by now, too, uh, even though in the comic books he was, he was killed by Negan. Um, anyway, I think how Glenn dies in the comic book is going to be the new way in which somebody, like, I'm, I'm just throwing it out there as a, a guess, uh, but I think that might be the way Morgan goes out uh. Uh, eventually, and I think, yeah, like I said, I think Glenn's dead, but uh, for those of you who haven't heard some of the theories out there, if you do look at the scene where they're running towards the dumpster, the idea is that there is enough room for a person, and, it, you know, you look at the pictures, it's true, there's enough room for a person to crawl under that dumpster to get away from the zombies, especially if there's that body, the you know, Nick's body on top of him. Uh, to get away and eventually it's like dude but he's still gonna starve to death cause those zombies aren't gonna go anywhere unless there's somebody there to distract him you know what I mean true um, so I just thought that whole scene I, I have so the, the, it just they didn't execute it very well I think somebody should have been like oh wait there's a fence right there where there are no zombies they could have climbed over maybe we should fix that and make this and I like put it between two buildings then like oh hey I can't climb a building I'm not Spider-Man <laughs> uh, like that would have made more I just like oh it was just lazy it was just lazy uh, one commenter online said how many fences does one town need <laughs> <laughs> one, yeah one shitty little hick town too right yeah um, and we can we can say that with some authority being from a so, somewhat shitty little hick town and <laughs> um, which I don't remember <laughs> I don't even think there were any fences like that exactly. No. Uh, yeah. So, um, yeah, it was definitely uh, a very obvious plot device that they were using to off Glenn. Uh, so you're of the same mind. He's dead. He's staying dead. Uh, I like Glenn. He's one of my favorite characters. But see, I, I've looked, actually gotten kind of looked like they ripped out his liver and intestines. Are oh, you bored with him? Oh, that's not his. That's clearly not his liver and intestines because whatever's getting ripped out is getting ripped off from the upper part of the torso. So that's definitely Nick's body getting torn apart. Uh, no, like I said, like I think he's dead no matter what, because <laughs> um, the zombies could still be chewing on Glenn's exposed legs, yes. and calves, and yeah. things like that, ankles, feet, shoes, whatever. Because um, Nick's body's not going to cover everything. Uh, anyway. Uh, like I said, I like I I kind of gotten bored of the character. Uh, I think he, with Morgan being in the picture, he's a double. Like he's he's repetitive. You don't need him. And uh, Glenn has sort of been Rick's conscious now for a few few seasons. And whenever Rick got a little bit too of an he got the angry junkyard mentality, I think Glenn was the one. Glenn and to some degree Herschel were there to sort of you know choke the chain and get him to back off. Uh, I think Morgan's that new character, and I think Lenny James is probably going to finish out a story arc. But Morgan uh, over definitely the next season. Morgan can definitely lose his shit though too. 
Uh, I, th- I expect Morgan to lose his shit. I, I'm fully prepared for Morgan to lose his shit, and I'm kind of excited about it. But I also think it also plays out like the comics. Uh, Michonne and Morgan have a love triangle arc thing. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not a fan of that. I'm actually hoping that Rick hooks up with Michonne, Michonne and uh, or Carol. Like, I, like honestly, at this point in time on that show, Carol is my favorite character. What about you? Uh, I was. Yes, I was trying to sh- trying to find the Carol's cookies clip to show to, to show to my wife. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, she's like, pretty badass. Like she, but she's badass. But like, I don't like Rick questioned her moral judgment when he exiled her from the prison because she had burned those, you know, killed and then burned those bodies. Uh, but she was acting on everyone's best interests, which she always other people weren't willing to face. Yeah, that's exactly it. Like she's the one who's really looking out for people. Her kid's dead, but she's still the mother. Right. She's not looking out for herself. She's not. She could have very easily gone and hidden somewhere and she would have never gotten caught because she's smart. But she was going out like a badass motherfucker and taking aphids, you know, the character aphids spot and his clothes. And he, she was going on this fucking ninja. She was a ninja. I was going to say that was very ninja what she did with stealing the clothes. She was a ninja. (laughs) And so, yeah, they're like, to me, there is no, the only one who comes close and ass kickingness is Daryl. Daryl's pretty ass kick. Michonne. Oh, that's true. Yeah, I forgot. She's awesome. Speaking she's a ninja. She's the samurai. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She's got. We have a ninja. We have a samurai. Uh, I think everybody else can just go suck it now. <laughs> and we maybe, have, maybe 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 we should root for a relationship between Michonne and Carol. I mean, that that might be interesting. Well, you, well, you have uh, you have uh, the ninja, the samurai, uh, and the the warrior bard, or not uh, the warrior rogue. I mean, with Daryl. Oh, <laughs> would, would that make the priest the cleric then? The cleric. Cleric. Uh, Rick's kind of a paladin. He's kind of a. Uh, <laughs> like we're, we're going all Dungeons and Dragons. You can on be this. a little dickish nice. and high and mighty, a little bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, he's he's the paladin. Oh my god. <laughs> he, lawful chaotic too. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Look at that shit. Oh, anyway. Dungeons and Dragons. All right, man. Let's wrap, let, let's call this one to a close on the apocalyptic post. Done and done. Was me. Humanity is weeping. Tell me why. Because please, oh, tell first, me why. Uh, let's listen to the the girl who wanted bigger boobs after the dentist. Breathe, but she kept telling me. I thought I would wake up with bigger boobs. <laughs> <laughs> why would you wake up with bigger boobs? <laughs> oh, but I do that. <laughs> <laughs> you weren't getting boob surgery, you had your teeth out. No, I wish I would have. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> Woo. Um, so how about those boobs, huh? Um, the whole thing goes on to say uh, that she has B cups, but you know, she's, she's like, it's most, it's false advertising. It's mostly padding. It's, it's pretty funny. Uh, uh, w- isn't fake breasts by their very nature false advertising? Exactly. <laughs> I mean, they don't feel like the real thing. So, um, <laughs> yeah. All right, man, go. T- tell me about this segment, Jeffrey. Uh, Darwin weeps. Uh, stories about dumb people that would make Darwin weep for the future of our species. You are so dumb. You are really dumb. Oh, yeah. So dumb, so dumb, so dumb, so dumb. Awesome. Uh, okay. Um, first story, Allie Carter of Avalia, Indiana, was wounded during a waterfowl hunt on Saturday morning. She laid her 12-gauge shotgun on the ground, wiper, repositioning herself, and her 11-year-old chocolate Labrador stepped on the gun, depressing the trigger. Oh, man. <laughs> uh, the safety of the shotgun was not on, so it went off and shot her in the left foot. <laughs> like with buckshot? Uh, with... Luckily, it was only bird shot. Um, but okay. as you could probably guess, Carter had never completed a hunter's education course. Oh, and he calls himself a That's Hoosier? A she. Oh, and she calls herself a Hoosier? <laughs> well, I thought you were supposed to do hunter safety before you could get your hunter, hunting license. Uh, so she yeah, you. like when you're 13, <laughs> man. So she she's getting her Hoosier card <laughs> revoked. What a um, disappointment. You are so dumb. You are really dumb. Oh, yeah. So dumb, so dumb, so dumb, so dumb. All right. Okay, Next. Uh, another another Carter. Uh, Tom Carter. That, yeah, that, is, that is unusual. Tom Carter, a member of the Tombstone Vigilantes Group, a historical reenactment and preservation society, fired live rounds instead of blanks during a, oh, <laughs> during a stage gunfight at the OK Corral and shot fellow actor Kevin Curtis in the upper groin. That's, that's frightening, being shot in the upper groin. Um, that would cause me to reevaluate my life. Decisions. I guess it'd be worse to be shot in the lower grind because that'd be like testicle gone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I got you, man. I got you. All right. Uh, also, sh- somebody else in the stands was uh, was Debbie Mitchell was struck by shrapnel, but she refused medical treatment. I guess she's just gonna you know pray it away. <laughs> uh, <laughs> she's a Christian scientist. Yeah. Carter also shot in the bullet. Some other bullets went into two nearby businesses. <laughs> So, uh, Carter, um, was um, he blind? He arrived late to the event and failed to have his gun properly inspected. Uh, so he may have been on he drugs? He five of the six live rounds in the gun. Um, oh, my I'm God. guessing it's the same gun he open carries and, and he uses for the stage gun fights. What could possibly go wrong? <laughs> uh, but yeah, like, uh, who cares? Wait, wouldn't you want an antique gun or a replica antique gun for such a thing? Who's going to open carry that? A lot of people in Texas open carry old six shooters. Oh, my God. Fucking (laughs) Texas. (sighs) Um, I'm still sighing. No, don't interrupt my sigh. I'm still sighing. (laughs) Did you know that Norway, a slang for crazy? I'm still sighing! (laughs) In Norway, a slang for crazy is they call it, that's so Texas. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's that's uh, um, 
Yeah, I'm going to start using that. I'm sorry, but uh, there's don't get me wrong. There are plenty of really awesome, cool people in Texas, but uh, I think even they would have to recognize the fact that there are some crazy <laughs> motherfuckers. Hey guys, you are really gone while the six shooter open carry is still valid. Tombstone is in Arizona, not Texas. So dumb, so dumb, so dumb, so Next story. What is your emergency? All right, I need help. And what's the problem? So too high. You're too high? Yeah. What what'd you take? I can't feel anything. You're what? I can't feel anything. Okay, what did you take? Weed. Weed? Yes. Okay. Know. What's your name? Is there anyone there with you? Yeah, they don't know. Okay, how old are you? Twenty two. Are they going to be able to answer the door for us? Yeah. Okay, Andrew, we'll send the email right over to check you out, okay? Okay. Thank you. Bye-bye. Um, yes. hey, hey, Jeff, I think that guy had the munchies. According to the police reports uh, from the officers who responded to the call, they discovered him in an upstairs bedroom of his grandfather's house in a fetal position. Surrounded by <laughs> surrounded by a plethora of Doritos, Petri, Petri's Farms goldfish, and Chips Ahoy cookies. <laughs> uh, you know, I, 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 I don't know how we should go about this, but um, I'm not going to say I've never been there, dude. Uh, I've never quite been there, dude. Uh, I will say this, though, that... Uh, uh, nice choice of snacks. <laughs> He's like, I can't feel anything. <laughs> oh man! When I heard this, oh, it reminded me uh, when I was living in Metro Detroit. There was a um, there was a cop living there that uh, he'd taken some drugs off of some kids, and uh, he, yeah. <laughs> he called nine one one after eating some pot brownies. Let's listen. Oh. To this. Let's listen to that right now. A councilman from Dearborn, Michigan, is outraged over a 911 call. He wants to know why no charges have been filed against a police officer who admits to confiscating marijuana from suspects and then baking it in brownies. And once he and his wife were full and high, they thought they'd overdosed and called 911. I think I'm having an overdose as so is my wife. Overdose of what? Marijuana. I don't know if it had something in it. Can you please send rescue? Did you guys have fever or anything? No, I'm just... I think we're dying. Okay, how much did you guys have? I, I don't know. We made brownies, and I think we're dead. Time is going by really, 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 really slow. <laughs> well, instead of being charged... Prilla. <laughs> Sorry. Instead of being charged, the police department let the officer resign. His wife was not charged either. So far, police officials have not commented on the case. Now, how do you follow a story like that? <laughs> you are so dumb. You are really dumb. For and now, a word from our sponsors. Timothy! Oh, Timothy! Sweet honey nuts, time for you to come home! Hervé! Hervé! Bruce! Brewster! Daddy Boo Boo Bear! Can't take it anymore? At the end of your rope. Honey bear! Dwayne! Dwayne! Girls, where is your father? Joey! Stop looking both ways before crossing the street. Rye boy! Hurry up! Get-
Not the motorcycle. Taken up highway bicycle riding. We can help. We're Aronson and Jeffries, attorneys at law. What? I'm not gonna quit yelling. I don't think so. I'm calling your mother. File for your divorce today. Uh, so Jeff, that uh, those women were um. How shall I phrase this de- delicately? Um, they, they were a bit on the obnoxious side. Of <laughs> that things? audio actually comes from uh, what's called a husband calling contest that they have at the Iowa State Fair. Oh, did you say yeah. Iowa? <laughs> oh, I thought I- Iowans had better sense than that. I-, I guess. I mean, it's probably all really like hilarious when you're there in person. But goddamn, <laughs> um, I have to admit that listening to that was was quite a chore. <laughs> yeah, I-, I cut out a bit of it too. It was like, <laughs> and you cut out some. Oh my god! Well, now let's time. It's time for bad ash Bruce. Badass Bruce! All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. I'm badass. Good. Bad. I'm the guy with the gun. How does it feel? Hail to the king, baby. All right, all right, all right, Jeff. Um, we we got to talk about this because we've been stoked about this for for a while since we first heard of its uh, rebirth from the ash. Is <laughs> um, sorry, sorry. I, I'm I'm not even a fan of puns, man. I'm, that was that I'm, was very punny. I'm, I appreciated I'm, it. I'm ashamed of myself. Okay. Um, well, yeah. Okay. All right. Let, there, I'm a bro. Um, anyway, what I, I will say is that we, you and I have a very long history going back into our, our uh, adolescence and early adolescence with these films, the franchise, the oh, Evil yeah. Dead franchise. Uh, and I remember watching Army of Darkness with you many times and uh, it's highly quotable moments. Um, and I think that's something that's actually stuck with us. And, I don't think you can watch those movies without becoming a, a big fan of Bruce Campbell either. After watching this, I want to need have to not want to have to go back. And oh, watch and watch. Yeah. Well, um, I do own them. Um, and I'm actually going to skip the first evil dead, even though I think they, yeah, they, they do too. In, in this new, uh, for what we're talking about guys, badass Bruce, this is Bruce Campbell who plays the character Ash in the evil dead series. It was a trilogy of movies from the uh, late seventies for the first one. And then you have mid eighties for the second one and early nineties for the third one, army of darkness. And but tell the interesting fact about the first and second movie. That's um, the interesting fact. The f- about wait, wait, what? The most interesting fact about the first movies, first two movies is it's basically the same movie, just the second oh. time they had a higher budget. Right, right, right. We this better. Yeah, yeah. So, like, I, I mean, most people credit these films. Most people credit these films with inventing the horror comedy genre. Um, oh, hell yeah. I don't really think there may have been a few things that predate that, but not, nothing that got on the map like the original Evil Dead, which I don't think quite realized what it was doing. I think Sam Raimi and company were trying to make a horror movie that just sort of turned out to be kind of funny. And then with evil <laughs> dead too, they're like, they just balls to the wall embrace the, the horror comedy genre and all of its, uh, tropes and trappings. And it, it like it, evil dead two is fucking brilliant. Like from beginning the to scene, end, love that the movie. Scene where every, the scene where everything's laughing at him. Um, like one of my yeah, favorites. that's good. That's good. Um, anyway, so 
the, the third film, however, has actually always been my favorite of the three. I think that's actually the, oh, hell yeah. the less popular. No, actually, people love the Evil Dead too the most. Really? Yeah, yeah, that's generally the uh, the one. But uh, I guess we probably have some nostalgia for the third one because that's actually the movie that I started with, and I remember sitting there. Yeah, me too. I remember me sitting too. down at your kitchen table one day when we were like fourteen or whatever, or fifteen or whatever the hell it was, and talking to a mutual friend of ours and. You know, like, oh, what? There's something before Army of Darkness? And, of course, that just started everything anew. Um, anyway, but we also, you know, we're Michigan boys. And the fact it's that... from the, Michigan. Yeah, the fact that Bruce Campbell, Sam Raimi are also Michigan boys probably, you know, it made it, we're being homers a little bit about. But it's not just us. Uh, it, it, it ha, there, there's a cult following. There's a, there's a reason why Stars has made this into a show. Uh, for the longest time, I thought the Bruce Campbell fascination was strictly like a Michigan thing. But no, man, he's fucking awesome. And you can't come away from those movies without loving Bruce Campbell, without loving uh, his character and uh, the Delta 88, of course. Anyway, uh, so yeah, we, we got our first bit of Ash since, what, 1991 is when Army of Darkness came out? I have no idea. Uh, it, was, the it, was right ar- it was right around there. Uh, if, if it was a little bit, it might have been a little bit later. But uh, yeah, man, it, it goes back a long ways. And it, we've been clamoring for, for this for many, many years. And uh, Bruce Campbell, of course, wrote his own bi- autobiography of Chins Can Kill. And I remember buying that the day that it came <laughs> out. I was so excited about it. Yeah, that's right. I'm that much of a fucking nerd. Go kinky tauntaun. Um <laughs> And like he actually wrote a novel, which was also fucking hilarious. But in the If Chins Can Kill autobiography, uh, you know, he talks about the production of the original one and some of the stuff that was going on. And but he'd also talk about the you know, subsequent fan interactions and things like that. And this is before cons really took over pop culture, you know, conventions, going to nerd conventions. Like I remember back in the day, if you went to a convention, man, you were you were a social pariah and you probably yes. had sex once in your life. Uh like <laughs> now I think it's like it's a thing. People do it. Everybody does it. It's, now you can go to Comic Con and have sex with the cosplay girls. I know. Like it's it's like gay marriage, man. It's like it's <laughs> it's the rule in all fifty states now, baby. We, we can we can go to Comic Cons anytime we want. All right. I'm not trying but, to equate but, the plight of marriage equality to being a nerd, but let me tell you <laughs> Um, I can't, I've been made fun a few times. Okay. A few, a few. <laughs> yeah, me too. All right. Um, anyway, having said that, uh, yeah. Ash versus evil dead premiere, man. What'd you think? You, you were, you were um, in my house to watch it. We were having a Halloween viewing party. It was so good. I had to watch it twice. Uh, and yeah. I will, I want to throw this out there. We, we, Jimmers or uh culture dig compatriot was also present and he was not familiar with the work of Bruce Campbell or the evil dead series. What? And, well, you, you don't remember us that night? Um, yeah, no. he said he never, he never heard of that stuff. And, uh, I know, right? Like, we're, we're so disappointed. That fucker. Um, we're punishing, <laughs> we, we're, we're punishing him so hard. We're making a podcast without him. Anyway, but like, he, he guys, giggled. I don't watch a whole lot of TV. He giggled like a little fucking schoolgirl during the entirety <laughs> of that episode. So he needs to eat his, eat its crow and apologize for making us for being obsessed with the evil dead. I know one of my favorite parts of the show um, really had more to do with your reaction to the to the baby doll. <laughs> like, no, don't even don't even go there. Um, well, um, <laughs> you were so creeped out. I, I, no, what I remember saying was, oh, my God, I don't need this right now. Um, <laughs> yeah, man, I, I don't like dolls uh, in the best <laughs> of circumstances. Well, and it's a good thing you have two girls then. 
Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, you know what? I don't buy them those creepy fucking porcelain dolls. I'll tell you what. I remember going to my aunt's house when I was a kid, and she had a bunch of those things. That's when it started. She used to live in this old, like, I think her house was, like, legitimately on the under. It was, like, listed on the Underground Railroad Registry or whatever. So, like, wow. her her house was old, and it had, like, weird rooms and passages and shit like that. So it was creepy as fuck anyway. But the fact she had a room, an entire, because they didn't have any kids. She had an entire <laughs> room full of those dolls. Don't go in, don't go in that room, little boochacha. The dolls will get you. Yeah, each doll has a genuine child soul trapped inside. <laughs> uh, you know what? Um, that didn't cross my mind then, but I'm so glad that it didn't. I already had enough time. I, I had to sleep with the light on enough times as a kid, anyway. Fucker. All right. Anyway, um, so yeah, uh, it's only a half hour. The format of the show. I actually didn't know before, until shortly before the episode aired that this was only going to be a half hour uh, format show. But you know what? It's perfect. It actually worked really, really well, in my opinion. Uh, it's actually 40 you have minutes. Ash 40 minutes getting long. high with the lady friend, uh, <laughs> sort of towards the beginning of the episode. And he's flashing back and to why he's having these uh, visions of the evil dead returning. Uh, he's like, oh fuck, I, you know, he got high and he convinced this girl to read uh, the ex, the not necromonica on ex mortis well, uh, well, he was trying to get Latin, laid and she liked uh, out there um she was but, trying to get she was trying uh, to get laid he was trying to get laid and ran she out of this poetry. cold fourth the evil dead and like i'm kind of wondering what the hiccup was because if you think back to evil dead one evil dead two the evil dead came pretty much right after they ran out of the book yeah i don't know why it took so long for the evil dead to you know appear after the telling yeah and like i didn't really get a sense of time on how long it took to get there like was that a day a week a month a year like what like how much time had passed well it must have been pretty quickly because he you know he started flashing back and remembering things to you know and he dug in his chest to find the ex the nakamonicon uh and so, like, it leads me to believe it was pretty recent, like maybe a couple weeks. Uh, like, maybe want, he goes out and tries that line every night. And, yeah, yeah. You also have the uh, <laughs> the the uh, Michigan State Trooper because you know, of course, it, this story was uh, it takes place in Michigan. Even though, do you know where the original film was f- filmed? No, it was actually filmed in Tennessee. Really? Yeah, even though it takes place in Michigan. Anyway, so uh, you have Amanda Fisher, who's a, a Michigan State policewoman uh, and inspector, who had her experience in this uh, house with Bruce Campbell's, I guess, love interest there which he, that he was getting high with. And, uh, love interest. Yeah. What, whatever. <laughs> a bit of a stretch. I, I, okay. Love making lust, interest. Lust interest. There we lust go. Interest. Shut up. Uh, so like how much time, like she thought she was going crazy. Uh, apparently you, you got the sense that it happened recently, but not, it didn't seem like it was that. So anyway, it, it doesn't give you a good sense of time on how much time has passed, but I'm guessing a couple weeks. Maybe this, less, maybe a week. Yeah, but the the scene with the with the girl in question, um, her, when her arms and everything, she twists her head around and her arms and legs kind of. Oh my god! <laughs> Fucking shit! Like I remember uh, we, we were flipping out about that too. Like it was just it was so cool but creepy at the same time. Um, oh, yeah. All right, so how, how are we feeling about uh, Lucy Lawless and her mysterious character? I have no idea. It wasn't very much. But uh, I, I do want to say back to that last scene. Yeah. When the the way they filmed that with the light spinning. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Awesome. Yes. That was. Uh, you know, I love Sam Raimi as a filmmaker. Anyway, uh, he. I mean, it's it's schlocky, but it's lovingly so. Like it's it's just 
it's a deft hand in my opinion. It's not lazy filmmaking. He has a style and he knows what those movies are and what they mean to people. Uh, and you know, he, he wanted to make it as close to that as he could, which is, you know, a little bit of slapstick as well. There's definitely some slapstick humor, um, oh, yeah. in, in the trilogy. And there, there was no shortage of that in this one. Uh, but I also like the intrigue and I actually thought like they did a really good job of also making it sufficiently creepy because army of darkness, as great as it is, it wasn't creepy. Like not at all, not in the least. It was an action comedy. Right. And Evil Dead 2, though, like, it was creepy, but it was also yeah. funny. And I think that's kind of like, that's the, that's the formula that really works for it. And, and they, because, they nailed it. They nailed it. Yeah. Since Jimmers isn't here, I have to bring up something. He did not appreciate the two-shot Derringer firing, like, what, five times in a row? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. J- Jimmers is a bit of a uh, firearm enthusiast. I'm not saying he's going to go reenact anything at the OK Corral, but... <laughs> Uh, anyway, yeah, no, it was, it, it, of course, I mean, if we're going to talk lo- like logic on walking dead should be there logic on Ash and evil dead. I'm, I'm not expecting a whole lot of logic. Hey, Cause if you go back and watch the originals, what he's firing that double barrel shotgun, sometimes he would fire it like three or four times. Yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> it's the same story. It's like, it's almost like they're doing it on purpose. Uh, and like Jeffrey, people. if we're talking about, uh, that we're talking about a boomstick. Okay. We're not going to call it a shotgun. Boomstick. We're going to call it a boomstick. Well, um, yeah. All right. So, like I said, like I'm actually really curious about who Lucy Lawless' character is. Yeah. Uh, she seems to know what's happening. Uh, Rob Tapper, who was who's Sam Raimi's longtime you know Ivan Raimi, his brother, uh, longtime collaborators. They're the ones who did the uh, you know Hercules and Xena back in the day. And uh, Rob Tapper's actually married to Lucy Lawless. I don't know if you knew that. Yeah. Um, so, like, he, he's basically said in an interview that Lucy Lawless's character is meant to be a uh, the, the Ash versus Evil Dead version of the Smoking Man from X Files. Oh, so like we're I, we're not supposed to know a lot about her, and we might not know anything about her this season. Uh, but I'm very interested to see who she is. Yes. Uh, we and as the episodes go by, maybe we, we can start theorizing and do some, you know revisit Bad Ash Bruce here in a while. Um, anyway, does any- Ash have an unknown sister somewhere? Oh, unknown half sister. Ooh, that's an interesting theory. All right, um, is there anything else we want to say to wrap this up? Um, Jill Marie Jones is pretty hot. Um, <laughs> you say who? Uh, uh, Jill Marie Jones. Oh, oh, Jill. Okay. I thought you said January Jones. I'm like, yeah. well, yes, Jeff. Yes, she is. I didn't what'd know you. What did you think you- of, uh, what did you think of Ray Santiago? Oh yeah. I'm actually looking forward to, uh, that, the whole interaction between, uh, the other, you have that little posse, a little Scooby gang of Ash and, um, Pablo. Pablo. Pablo and, and, and Kelly. And Ke- yeah, Kelly. Uh, I think that's going to be fun. Interesting to see where it's going to go. And I think those characters are going to uh, last a little while. And uh, that's, yeah, that's the cool thing about doing a show. I think the characters actually get to last a little bit longer. I'm not sure who's going to make it out alive uh, <laughs> other than Bruce Campbell, because without Bruce Campbell, there is no Ash for Ash versus Evil Dead. And they're probably, true. and Sam Raimi would probably have a ride on his hands. And that's just not going to happen. Um, and of course, anyway. they're so, they're eventually going to meet up with the cop. I would I would believe. Yeah, yeah, of course, and in some capacity. Uh, but all right, episode two, couple days. Looking forward to it. Anything mm-hmm. else? Um, nope. That's uh, it. All right, man. That's it for me. Looking all right. Forward. All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. I'm badass. Good, bad. I'm the guy with the gun. How does it feel? Movie. Hail to the king, baby.
And now, a word from our sponsors. Some parents, it's just too late. Planned Parenthood. All right, guys, this has been the first episode of the Kinky Tauntaun because we want you on the inside of geekdom. It's warmer on the inside. It's always warmer on the inside of nerdiness. <laughs> does smell bad though? Oh yeah, there's where our our species does have a hygiene problem. So <laughs> acknowledged. It's been fun. All right, guys. Check you out later. Later. Bye. Bye. Hello, cutie pie. What is thy bidding, my master? Listen to me very carefully. You are mine now. You belong to me. My nipples are very sensitive. Feel how soft my skin is. Do it. Do it. <laughs> Ew. Seriously? That is so gross. Hey, fucker. Do you need this? Kind of grabs you by the boo-boo, don't it? More teens are having fuck, having luck. He has an erection. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's all her fault. Then you got an idea. A wonderful, awful idea. Seduction used to be an art. Now, of course, it's brutish and it's predatory. And here's what consent is. The person is severely intoxicated or unconscious as a result of alcohol or drugs. Is physically or developmentally disabled. The victim is under the age of 13 or is elderly. So as long as the girl's 13, she can give consent for sex, provided it's creative and enthusiastic. You keep using the word. I don't think it means what you think it means. No means yes if you know how to spot it. Fat, drunk, and stupid is no way to go through life. I am not gay. I never have been gay. He says he's not gay, but uh, let's see what a few drinks and a back massage would do to him, huh? What do you think? Me? You? The old lady? A little sandwich action? Okay. But I get to be on top. Oh! Let me guess, you dropped the soap. Please take that out of my ass. You're in more dire need of a blowjob than any white man in history. Gross, right in a fucking eyeball. Because it, it really does make you feel like you're inside this 11-year-old girl. In a profoundly wholesome way. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. May God have mercy on your soul. I think you are filth. I think you are scum. You are a degenerate! I'm not a pervert! You're still here? It's over. Go home. Go.